We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. You see, they told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit. Never been a threat. Ah, yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the number one sports betting vibe on the internet. Veterans minimum. Sounding and looking a lot different than usual. The studio is closed due to the holidays. But especially after Monday Night Football, especially after my guy KBB is definitely having it dangle all the way to the ground right now, the way he's doing. <laughs> we had to get on and we had to record some because uh, there's actually a lot of cool stuff going on too, man. So shouts to Kenny joining us and uh, shouts to everybody. Hope you guys had a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday. Kenny, I don't know about you, but I got fucking hammered, hammered Christmas with the fam. Uh, and drunk wise or bets wise or both uh bets i did all right bets okay. i did okay i bet some nba also shout out to the knicks on the money line you know homer pick homer pick um also took the mavericks on the money line just because luca just owns those dudes bro he just yeah, got Luka's a thing special. yeah and especially <laughs> with booker and uh, booker in particular he just seems to have their number he kind of gets up for that and then uh i did have the lakers um but sheesh They've been uh they've been a nightmare ever since the end season, but the bets did well. I got shit faced, um, <laughs> and it was a good time, man. How was your uh, holiday? It was good. Uh, similar to you, I got shit faced, but on Christmas Eve, um, my girlfriend's Spanish, so they celebrate. At least her family, they're bigger on Christmas Eve. So, uh, Christmas Eve just went to her house. <clears throat> you know how they get down. So that was uh that was a that was a long night. Christmas, I just spent recovering. Uh, and just and just watching football, um, so yeah, it was a good time. Especially when when Lamar made a Lamar made me a very smart person this week. So you know, hats off to him. Hats off to the Ravens. Hats off to myself for calling yep, it. Yep. But you know, we we're going to talk about a couple things that you know unraveled after that game. Which one being him, you know, favorite now for MVP, which uh, you know makes me happy as a pig and shit. So uh, you know, we got some things to talk about. Hey, man, and listen, <clears throat> you've been on this. You've been on this since July, and then in August, and then in September. And you've just been saying, anytime there's been a discussion for MVP, you're like, hey, man, 
the dude in Baltimore, like, don't sleep on him. And uh, as as far as three weeks ago, you could still get double digits on Lamar, ten to one, twelve to one, especially on wager attack. And even last week, prior to this game, bro, it was billed out to be. I even said it on this show. It's a loser leaves town match for the MVP. Whoever, whoever, you know, as I'm sporting a wrestling T-shirt, you know, Kenny, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be 33 in March, bro. But if you want to just get me some stone cold drip, I am in. I am Dude, in. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you pay attention to wrestling currently. I, I don't really pay attention anymore, but. Dude, when we were younger, because I'm 32, so back in the day, you know, our our day when times were better, I'm sure everyone says that about their their childhood, but I think we can agree that like the 90s were just better. Yeah, uh, you know, like the t- early 2000s, they were just better times. Um, like my boy sent me a uh, a video. So this is off topic, but we got to talk about it now. My boy sent me a video the other day of uh, it's like one of those like 90s memes pages where like they just po- post like old stuff, and it was like when the Wii first released. It was just a video like scrolling through Best Buy. You see like the employees, the everyone, everyone's just happy, bro. Everyone's just happy to be out there. You, I went Christmas shopping this year, dude. It's like a war zone out there, bro. People are just they not they're not in the spirit. It didn't even feel like Christmas this year. What, what do you think about that, dude? Yeah, I mean it kind of felt and yeah, I'm I'm someone that always did my Christmas shopping early. Um, right. Even to. though I'm kind of I'm kind of making money now. I'm I'm hashtag how cheap. Big Black Friday guy. I get all my gifts then. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big outlets guy. You know, don't <laughs> threaten me with a discount and a good time. So I got all my shopping done. However, I did go on Christmas Eve because, you know, dude, we're the same age, right? Like, what can your parents possibly get you to excite you, right? It's like, I, I personally, I, I got pretty much everything I want. I'm not really into like- Unless it's a house, uh, there's not much. Yeah, a house or a car, and they ain't getting <laughs> me that, right? It would just yeah, be the exactly. House. So it's always like, hey, just get me a gift card or some shit. But my mom really wanted the Christmas spirit. So I went to the I went to the store with her, and uh, she's like, here, here's, uh, here's the credit card. Um, she's like, don't get too crazy, but buy a bunch of stuff. And I'm saying all this because it was Christmas Eve. And you would have thought it was a random, just a random Tuesday, even though yeah, it wasn't man. Tuesday, but like just just kind of whack, dude. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy. I was actually talking to a couple people today, you know, just about the same thing, you know, they just brought it up and yeah, it, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't really feel like Christmas this year. Um until Lamar Jackson won that game. Mm. <laughs> then, it felt, then it felt like Christmas. Yo, bro, listen. You know, you know, I love having fun. I have no issue with uh, making fun of myself, but I kind of put out a tweet and I put up a post about McCaffrey for MVP. Mm-hmm. And then you DM'd me. Yeah. You're like, brother, I hate to break it to you. And then from there, as I tried to pull up my Instagram to get the, uh, the exchange that we had, from there, Lamar completed 83% of his passes and through. And threw two touchdowns in the second half. Yeah, man. And, you know, like a lot of people, because now he's obviously favored to an MVP, Yeah. which I was going to say, if you listened to the show last week, you would have heard me, but you wouldn't have because Nick, for whatever reason, clipped me out of the show. So shout out, Nick. But um, it was on the audio. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. That's and yeah. that's what matters. You know, that's what yeah, matters. Yeah, the audio is uh, where it's at. But. I forget where I was where I was going with this, but anyway, he's he's favorite for MVP now, right? 
You were saying if you a lot of people are hung up on the stats, man, the stats. Yeah. If you watched that game, right? Like, for example, there's one play in particular that really stuck out in my mind when I think it was right before halftime, maybe, where they're kind of driving, they get pushed back a little. And then Chase Young's coming behind him, bro, to sack him. And Lamar behind him, bro, right? Ducks down under the sack, escapes for like a 40-yard run, okay? He doesn't score a touchdown there. He doesn't throw a touchdown there. But he just guaranteed his team points, okay? And that goes unnoticed. There's a lot of arguments for like looking, comparing like him to Dak. Like Dak's numbers are way better. Dude, Gus Edwards has 12 touchdowns. 10 of them are inside the five-yard line, right? Tony Pollard has five touchdowns. Like, come on, dude. The the difference of what Lamar means to his team, like, if you're not watching the games, yeah, you're not going to understand it. But what that guy's doing out there, like, I don't want to say he's the only one because there was guys like Mike Vick, right? Like, there's been guys that have done some crazy stuff. But, dude, what he does out there is there's no one that can do it. There's just no one. And it's he he's playing the game in slow motion. I think I said to you when we were DMing, like, bro, he's just playing. And it's like the game is different for him out there. And if you're watching it, you could see it. Yeah. And also he has a bunch of weapons. I mean, we always, we always felt like, I don't know how many points we would say Mark Andrews was worth to that team um, prior to this year. Like he was, you know, he was the guy, right? Yeah. Prior to this year, definitely a ton. Right. And then this year he goes out and it's like the offense doesn't miss a beat because he has Flowers, Odell, likely, Bateman, Mm -hmm. uh, a random Aguilar popping off. They they have the weapons for him to have this sustained excellence. And you're right, man, because like, you know, his numbers don't jump off the screen, but it's a lot of plays like that that I've, I've said this so many times that I feel like if I knew for a fact the guy had their absolute A game, it's hard not to pick him and Josh Allen. And I'd say Lamar actually protects the ball more than Josh Allen. So maybe from that yeah. from that factor, you probably would say Lamar is your number one pick, right? Um, he's been he's been un- unbelievable for sure. And I think the, the, the biggest case for him is – Dude, I'm upset. I mean, you were on it from the beginning, right? But, like, last year I called Mahomes to win MVP, and he did because it was the y'all must have forgot year. You know, right. Tyreek, Tyreek leaving, oh, shit, what's going to happen to the Chiefs? And then Mahomes goes out there and has basically a career year. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, the same shit applied, man. And I was trying to remember. I feel like you did say it. You were like, bro, he he was yeah. at a stalemate with his franchise to get paid, right? Like, there was this yeah. whole thing about him not getting paid and – uh, should they pay him? Should they not? Should they let them go? And all these teams were inquiring for him. And it's like, I bet, bro, it was the same. It, Kenny, what I'm saying is you were on it. But like, based on like my approach to betting and some of these futures, it's like, dude, it was right there. You you literally said it last year. Why not this year? So I'm a little upset. Sure. I was That's that's what I was going to say. I think it was the first show we did this year together. Like the one of the preview shows for the season, right? I said, bro, like if you, you literally said this last year with Mahomes, it's the same thing with Lamar. Dude, do you remember in the offseason teams like the Jets, the Falcons saying, dude, we don't want Lamar Jet? Yeah. What? Are you stupid, bro? <laughs> You're he's top. Maybe he's not the best. Maybe you could, you, you know, it's a it's a debate who's number one, number two, right? But he's top five. That's yeah. no debate. He's top five. So you're gonna tell me bottom level caliber 
piss poor franchise teams don't want a top five quarterback, the most important position in the league. It was clear the guy was getting blackballed, bro. And when he got paid, then they give him all these weapons around him. The writing was just on the wall. Like, dude, this guy's going to have a a great year. The defense is next level talent. Like, dude, when they got Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith controlling the middle of the field, bro, what? Those are two of the best guys at their position. Then you got Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton. Oh, here's Jadavion Clowney with nine sacks on the year. Like, dude, they got playmakers all over the field on defense. The team is just loaded, but they don't get talked about in that same echelon of like the Niners, right? With Bosa, Chase Young, McCaffrey, Debo, like for whatever reason, they're just not in that same class, but they kind of showed people on Monday they are. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with recency bias and just playoff bias where Lamar, there's still that stigma about him. And if you really dive into it, I had Jack Settlement on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he's a big Baltimore Ravens fan. And he was kind of saying like, hey, man, if you really look at it, right, like, all right, he's, I believe, one and three in the playoffs. And one of those games they lost and it wasn't him. You know, he had multiple touchdowns, protected the football. And then in another game, it was like it was his rookie year, you know, just getting thrown into there when he replaces Flacco. And then, you know, the the one asterisk is the game against Buffalo where he throws the pick six and it kind of changes the whole game. So I think it's the stigma of that, dude. Like we tend to not crown teams or take teams seriously. I think you could say the same thing about like the Miami Dolphins, right? And ironically enough, these two teams play each other this week. And that's a potential one seed clincher. It's divisions on the line, seedings on the line. And I think that's the stigma with Miami too. Yo, it's it's South Beach. The weather is dope all year round. They're not going to go into uh, cold weather or sloppy weather and get it done. And and I think it's because you've seen a team like San Fran go into Green Bay. They've gone into, well, Philadelphia, not so because Brock got hurt, but like regular season stuff they've gone into those places and they've they've went into Dallas so I think that's why Lamar and Baltimore they don't get put in that upper echelon but you're right dude like that team is loaded bro that team is loaded across the board and you were on it from the beginning I know you and I had a debate about um I was all in on the Bengals to start the year because I felt like this was this was a make or break year for them with all the contracts looming and not everyone's going to be able to get paid, right? So this was the year that they had to get it done. And you were on Baltimore with a bounce back. Um, so, yeah, man, just got to definitely definitely give you props for that because you've been on this all year. And, and, and to just add to that, it's, you know, like I'm on McCaffrey for MVP, right? But one thing that we both agreed on, that it was never Brock. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was never it was never Brock. And I always felt that... I've been saying this since about like week seven or week eight that I feel like there hasn't been a quarterback at the time that has separated himself from everybody else. Everybody was kind of having the same kind of year. And I felt like the, a wide receiver or running back, if there was ever a year to win MVP, it should have been this year. Right. And look, there's still two games left. Uh, We talked about it last week, how up until last week, right. 15 weeks. We've had 11 different guys be the favorite for MVP. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what if Lamar goes out there and has two fumbles and an interception? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, (laughs) no, but no, you're you're right, though. Look, so let me ask you this. If the Ravens win and Lamar goes two touchdowns and a pick, 
All right. 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Is he the MVP? Yeah, I think so. I think now with, with the monster win on Monday night football, and now you have the momentum you have, even if they win, they're the top seed. So that he has that going for them. He won't right. need to play the last week of the regular season. And I think that also plays into it. Like, yo, bro, he handled business. It don't matter that he's not playing. It's not a situation right. where, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember like Brady lost the MVP because he didn't play that last week. But like it was it was a close enough debate where that was a reason why I went against them. Right. But with Lamar, yeah, if Lamar goes out there, I think I think it'll be more in his favor. Like, yo, bro, they handle business. They're the one seed. They're chilling now because he had an MVP year. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think if he wins this game, it, it's his to his award to lose. Um, and on the flip side, right, which I kind of had this thought going into this Ravens game where I think before the game, I think you could have gotten Lamar around plus 800, plus 900 for MVP uh, at some sp- some spots, right? If you liked the Ravens to win there, you kind of should have just taken Lamar for MVP. And the same situation kind of applies this week, right? Like Tua finds himself. He's like plus 900 right now for MVP. Dude, if you if the Dolphins win that game, Tua's going to have a game, right? Like they're not – it's going to be a game where Tua has to have a good game against them if they win. And then he's probably going to win the MVP. Like I think Tua is a sneaky candidate right now for someone that could potentially sneak in there. Like I think that's – I still think the Ravens win this week. I took them in a money line parlay. I parlayed them in the Cowboys money line. Um, I do think they win. I think they'll handle business, but I think it's going to be a, a tight game. Dude, I'm pulling it up right now. And um, yeah, you could get them plus 900 right now on wager attack. And yo, bro, listen, man, I think that's the coolest shit about betting, bro. Like, I think I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And it's the case that I've made on so many different occasions. Like right now, live, I have a 30 to one Puka Nakua to win offensive rookie of the year. And I'm yeah, getting such a good such a good spot when you took that. Dude, and and look, CJ might be coming back. He's uh he's questionable, but like the new questionable is basically probable. So he's probably gonna play this week. Um, but the buzz has died down. We're like, if this is how it was beforehand, this is CJ, this is Puka. It's starting to come down like to about even, right? And if you're looking at the numbers, at the time I took them at 30 to one. I just felt like that was a mistake. You know, in my head, as I was talking about offensive rookie of the year, I was like, oh, he's probably like plus 800, plus a thousand. And then I see 25 to one. I'm like, yo, that's a mistake. CJ just got concussed. They lost to the Jets. Uh, and then the Texans end up winning without him. And then they lose last week. He hasn't played. And then Puka just, you know, had the monster game on primetime, which is something we always talk about. That's why that Monday night football game was so dope for you and so bad for the people that were on, like the McCaffrey's, like myself and right. the Brock Purdy's. Because I now, think it helped McCaffrey. It did help. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was loving that first yeah. half because I'm like, oh, shit, Brock is fucking this up. McCaffrey scored a touchdown. He already had over 100 yards. Yeah. And then I put out that thing that, like, yo, the show is free. And, dude, I got to be honest, bro, and this is why we're becoming best friends. You made me feel a lot better about myself, man, because you were like, hey, look, you you gave out Lamar at 23-1 to 1 back right. in the summer. I gave out McCaffrey at 150-1 to 1 in the summer <laughs> video, then 50-1. to 1. And you're like, hey, man, if it means anything to make you feel better, 
the two favorites are two guys that we gave out. You're right. Because realistically, when this is a betting show, right, at the end of the day, and if you took Lamar, like if you listened to the show back in August and you took, you listened to me, you took Lamar Jackson, you listened to you, you took Christian McCaffrey, bro, you're feeling fucking great right now, right? Yeah. You would have so much, you would have such a, a strong amount like left to hedge where you could go take Tua, bro, at plus 900 and like guarantee yourself, like if you're betting big enough, right? Like, you know, 500 or whatever it is on each one, you guarantee yourself a, a nice chunk of change. So yeah, man, that that's the thing is when you're about betting, it's not a, when it's not sometimes when you make a bet, like my, I have a friend who does this a lot where he'll make a, a lot like bets, right? Like before the season for outcomes just so he can hedge when it gets down to it and set himself up to just guarantee money. And at the end of the day, Hey, he's making money doing that. When you can guarantee yourself a profit doing certain things like, yeah, why not? Dude, 100%. And I just had this conversation with a couple friends of mine on Xbox. We were talking about futures and they're like, yo, bro, these futures are dope. You know, I have a couple bills, Niners. I have a bills, Eagles, at Bills prior to the to Chiefs game, 50 to 1 for the Super Bowl, 25 to 1 for AFC. And the issue with futures, Kenny, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. It's like people don't want to dish out that money in August for a February payout. Right. But so that's why you gotta get credit, guys. Yeah, that's one. Or yeah. <laughs> also, like, hey, but how about this? How much better would you be feeling right now if you had a 23 to 1 Lamar like Kenny did? Right. Or if you had a 50 to 1 CMC like I do, or a Puka 30 to 1. These are you risk a little to win a lot down the road. And I equate it to fantasy football, bro. People play fantasy football, have no issue with throwing three, four, five hundred dollars for a league. You're not gonna get paid till Christmas around right. this time. Like, why is that any different for futures? You make these future bets in September or you buy in later as the year has gone on and you see how things have transpired, which is something you put me on to, which I really like. You're like, yo, bro, sometimes I want to go into September, October, knowing that, all right, I was worried about this shitty offensive line all year. Now it's actually good. I'll buy in. And if I lose, you know, five or six to one odds on that, it don't matter to me. I'm still, I, I'd rather then than before. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, for example, same, same scenario applies. Like right now, CJ Stroud minus 1050, right. To win rookie of the year. Let's say you put a hundred dollars on Nakua at 30 to one hundred to win 3000. You could put a thousand to win a hundred on CJ Stroud. You have a risk-free bet on Puka now to win two grand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just situations like that, little things people can do to really think about certain ways to just guarantee that yourself money or free bet free rule yourself so you're not actually betting with your own money um and little things like that will make you a much more profitable better you know if you can find those angles fuck yeah man fuck yeah i mean it's great whenever you have a perspective from someone like you too that does it for a living and then it's, it's shit that i've been preaching about for for years too and i think that that's why it's a cool dynamic that we got because look you're in the trenches doing it right and it it's cool when you see it actually laid out that way um so props to you yeah. for that and, I, I mean uh, how does puka not win that award dude look man there's um <laughs> even right now even the fact that this guy's 500 to one right now is is pretty crazy bro it's pretty crazy to me it kind of reminds me of um a couple years ago scotty barnes when he won rookie of the year 
I there was like a month or two left of the season, and there was like writers who vote for rookie of the year saying, dude, how does Scotty Barnes not win this award? The guy's killing it, right? He's putting up stats that rookies don't put up. So, and he was like plus 400 at the time. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to bet Scotty Barnes. He fucking wins the award. Dude, Puka Nakua is going to break the record in receptions and receiving yards for one of now one of the most important positions in the NFL. CJ Stroud, like the Texans, that injury hurt, I think, his case because they actually didn't look that bad without him, right? Like if they look, if let's say they go from they're here now to the down here without CJ Stroud, it makes CJ Stroud look much more important. But they kind of held their own without him. Like I think Puka Nakua has made, like I think that's his award, right? Yeah, I think so too, bro. And even before when he got hurt against the Jets, he had like 39 passing yards. <laughs> He was not playing well, and then he got knocked out that game too. And look, this was a guy who halfway through the year, people were saying, yo, a rookie to win MVP? What the fuck? You know, like we had never seen that happen, or I think it's happened like in the 1950s, which to me doesn't really count, I'll be honest, um, if right. it happened that yeah, late. It's different. But uh, yeah. Leather helmets and shit. Yeah, dude, Puka needs 129 yards to break the rookie single season rookie receiving yards mark, which was set by Jamar Chase a couple years ago. And um. I think it's possible, bro. Hey, they play the Giants this week. <laughs> he might go eight for 150 and two touchdowns again, and then I'm going to be not knowing how to act. Yeah, I, and, you know, you look at the trends for rookie of the year. It's gone to, like, over the last, I think, probably like seven seasons, it's been wide receiver a few times. Like, uh, Chase won it. Uh, th- Chase did win it, right? Chase, yeah. Jefferson. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. So there's been a few guys that, and you're going to tell me this guy's just put up a better season than all of those guys. Like, how do you not give him the award? And shout out Matt Stafford, bro. Like that guy gets a lot of, a lot of hate thrown his way. Dude, he's thrown, he's quarterbacked Calvin Johnson for the most receiving yard season. Cooper Cup for the second most receiving yard seasons. Puka Nakua, who's going to break the rookie record receiving. Like, dude, he's been a quarterback for all these guys just going absolutely crazy out there. And he, he gets a lot of hate, man. Nah, he does, bro. He does. And and I'll tell you this. I want to see Lions-Rams in the playoffs. I think that'll yeah. be what a matchup. <laughs> I'm super petty. Love revenge spots, revenge games. Like, the Lions finally win the division. Everybody's excited after 30-plus years. Yep. And who do they play in the first home game? The guy that was there for a decade. Like, bro, you can't write this shit. What do you think that line is if uh, if they play in Detroit? I think it's I think it's Lions minus five. I feel is it crazy to think the Rams win that game, right? The I'm, old... I'm betting Rams, bro. Uh dude, you get are you... dude. Give me, give me a plus one ninety on the money line. Let's have a <laughs> yeah, that, dude. Uh, if 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 they gave you like plus four and a half on that line, I would love the Rams in that spot. Um. Lions got a nice team, but like, I think they, I I'm curious to see how this is a big week for them. I'm curious to see how they come out after s- such a big win, right? Like usually there's, this is a huge letdown spot, but they're still playing for a lot because they can potentially be the number one seed in the NFC. Um, I'm curious how they, how that game goes this week. I like Dallas. I think Dallas wins. Um, I parlayed, I think I said to you Dallas and the Ravens money line already, but um, yeah, it's a big game for them. It'll tell you a lot. Yeah, I think so too, man. Um, Dallas finally back at home. They've been a buzzsaw at home. Um, you know, to to wrap this segment with you, Monday winner for me is is Cowboys minus six. Um, 
I think it's it's the spot, right? You factor in there coming off back-to-back losses. They are back home where they're averaging 42 points a game at home. A couple of games Crazy. are inflated, but they're way better at home than on the road. Lions are coming off something that they haven't done since I think I was born in yeah. 1991. <laughs> so it, it Harry does, Sanders is out there. Yeah, running crazy. yeah, it seems like a classic, classic letdown spot for the Lions and the Cowboys coming back at home. I think an early Monday winner for me is the Dallas Cowboys at minus six on wager attack. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. For me, it's got to be. Listen, I'm 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 high on this. I'm high on this one now. I got to stand up here and and, and keep shouting it. So it's got to be the Ravens. Like I said, the the three and a half sketches me out a little bit. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if they win going away again in this one. But I think a safe bet you parlay Ravens money line with Cowboys money line. It's plus like one eighteen or something like that on wager attack. Um, I mean, how does that go wrong? I said it to you last week, and I was a week ahead. I didn't really – I kind of got ahead of myself there thinking that the Dolphins were going to lose to Dallas and then play Buffalo for the division. They're going to lose to the Ravens this week, and then the division is up for grabs against Josh Allen and the Bills last week of the season. And, dude, there's not a team more than the Bills that you want to see coming to town with the division on the line, dude, because they're fucking hot. Um so, yeah, I think that's how that's going to play out. I think Dolphins lose, and then they lose the next week to the Bills. Um, Bills win the division, and that's a scary team coming into the playoffs. And I love I love that both of us mentioned last week, hey, be careful with that Bills line. Minus 12, minus 13. Chargers just fired their coach. If there was ever a team to back when they fired their coach, they hated their coach. Why not? Uh, they almost won that game outright, bro. And you know they what? Did, as dude. as a as a Bills backer in the futures market, I'm glad that they got the win. Right. I'm glad that it looked like that because to me now they play the Patriots this week, who New England beat them earlier in the year. So not only is it a division opponent, not only do you need this game for the playoffs, it's also a revenge spot. Right, you can't have a letdown now. And then next week, it's, yo, you have a chance at the, what do they call it? The the hat and t-shirt game where you can win the division <laughs> and you get the, the hats from like, uh, um, what's that? Fantastic, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. When they get like the, the like yeah, AFC you get, champion you, hats yeah, and you get all, yeah. yeah. So like, I think that was a good look for Buffalo, man. Because usually what happens, Kenny, and I'm sure you've seen this all the time, where like a team should win and then they lose. Right. And now it's like scoreboard watching, which is the worst like, yeah. dude, I love like I love a team like Buffalo. I love a team like the Colts, right? In the sense of, bro, you just win out, you're in the playoffs. You don't got to worry mm-hmm. about like, oh, shit, they got to lose. They might tie, yada, yada. That sucks. Control your right. own destiny. And that's what you got with Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm with you there. I think Buffalo wins that division uh, if, if, it comes to, if it comes to it. And, yeah, I think that loss is huge. And I think the same thing should be said for the 49ers, man. I think that loss when when the Super Bowl comes, and I think the the 49ers are probably the still the most likely team to win the Super Bowl. We'll look back and think that loss to the Ravens actually helped them. Because, dude, they were – and I said that was one of the reasons why I love Baltimore. Dude, the 49ers were playing such good football at every single position all over the field that they were just due to have a bad game. Like, it was just due. It's inevitable. You, you can't be perfect every single time. And I think that kind of was a reality check for them. And I think they're going to, we're going to see, it's kind of going to light a fire under them again, going into the playoffs. 
Dude, deja vu. We were talking about that with the Eagles. Like, how many times can you get up for a big, big game? And then eventually right. it just ran its course when they played the Niners. And the Niners now playing the uh, the Ravens on Monday night. But uh, what do you think of this Monday winner before we end the show? Jags at uh, Jags versus Panthers minus six. What a fucked up team Jacksonville is, man. Let me tell you that that, <laughs> that team, bro. Like, man, for as much talent as they have, and they have a good coach. Like Peterson is is I fuck with Peterson, man. Right. I don't know what it is. Like, is is Lawrence just like, you know, I don't wish an injury on anybody ever, bro. But sometimes I feel like an injury kind of validates why they're playing bad. Like, if they came out and they're like, yo, he has like a torn rotator cuff, I'd be like, all right, dude, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, to go into UFC for a second, when, when Adesanya fought Strickland, I've never, I've, Izzy's my favorite fighter, and I've never seen him fight like that. And I was like, he oh, terrible. I, he had to be yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, I hope he has like a torn calf or something to justify why he looked like that. It makes no sense. This guy's one of the most exciting fighters. He's so calculated. So sometimes I like, I hope a report comes out that they're hurt to to justify why they're playing so bad. And like, you know, uh, NFL memes put up a post and it's like a side-by-side -side of Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones. And like, Daniel Jones has more wins. He has more touchdowns. And it's like, why does one guy, the golden boy, and the other guy is right. a laughing stock, right? So I don't know what's going on with them, man. But maybe with all that being said, they bounce back against a team in, in Carolina that, you know, it's just weird with them, bro, because like Carolina don't have their draft pick. So they don't yes. have an incentive yes. to tank. <laughs> so no, yeah. they, if anything, I would want to win because I would be sick watching the Bears draft Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> Jr. Yeah. in uh, in April. Right. Like that's the last thing you want to see um, as a team trying to rebuild, watching another team just take what you should you should be getting. So, yeah. I, but the Panthers are just poverty, poverty, dude. Um, you know, we, they burned us a couple times in the contest where it was the right spot, you know, the spread, it's the right bet, right angle, whatever it was for them that week. And they continued to just shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over. So, uh, I think if you're a team like the Jaguars with playoff aspirations and, you know, you looked really good at one point and now you look really bad, this is the team you want to see on, on the schedule this week. So we'll see. That's a good point. That's a good point. A classic get right spot here for the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, before we let you go, let the people know where they can find you on social. Uh, Kenny Bets Big. Uh, that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, X. Well, X. Uh, yeah, Kenny Bets Big. Hey, legends. Do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never easier to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories with Fly Me Out. Use code VM for expedited application review. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joining me now, my dog, one of my favorite people uh, in the podcast space, in in uh, real life, even though podcasting is real life, my guy, Alan Sterk, calling in. Uh, still, his background looks like he is in a jail cell, uh, even though mine does too. <laughs> we got resources coming. Believe me, we're getting painting soon. Uh, it's just a lot happened with Christmas, but believe me, that was one of the big priorities because you're not the only person that's been telling me this, and I got to step my game up. So much like some of these wild card teams right now, they're chasing the playoff bird. Fuck yeah, man! And that's what we're gonna go over with you. We got some teams have clinched, so we'll go over the teams that have clinched, and then just playoff scenarios. Um, and within that too, dude, I would love to hear you know. As I'm sporting a wrestling t-shirt, you know, no one gets more excited fantasy booking. Yeah, fantasy booking matchups, right? And I think there are, boy, are there some matchups that have storylines on storylines early, like wild card weekend and uh, classic bar fights also. And um, I'm excited to see how you feel about those potential matchups too. So let's start off in the NFC. At the moment, the seeds are Niners, Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Cowboys, Seahawks, Rams. If the playoffs were to start today, these are the playoff teams. And then still, still with a chance, Packers, Vikings, Saints, Falcons, and per NFL.com, a 0.7 chance for the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears. But we won't take that too seriously. Alan, I think the most interesting storyline in the NFC is, you know I'm a sucker for revenge games. I get even more excited when it's a double revenge game. And the possibilities of a a Lions-Rams playoff game. Tremendous. I mean, golf versus the Rams – Stafford versus the Lions. The Lions win the division for the first time since you were born. And now, who comes into town? The guy that was there for a decade plus, kind of holding the franchise afloat, making them somewhat respectable, even though they were laughable. Like, dude, this is some, like, Hollywood storyline WWE shit. Yeah, and it's guaranteed fireworks. You look at that matchup. Oh, yeah. Two of the top five offenses in the league. I know look, the storyline's fun because it's it's a known fact that McVeigh had enough golf. Like Stafford's pretty beloved in Detroit. I think he'll get like a stand ovation when he comes back. But McVeigh's like, I cannot win a Super Bowl this man. We are doing whatever we can to just get an upgrade. So and I think golf 
just pretty much written off and the offense felt a certain type of way. So between that, you have the cool coaching staffs. Who doesn't love Dan Campbell? You have Ben Johnson, to me, is the hottest coach of candidate. McVay has been, I don't know if it's a revenge, but it's more just, he just wants to prove to people, it's like, nope, I don't need an all-star list of players to build a championship caliber team. Uh, I'm going to rebuild this team and we're going to start competing. And look, I'm not saying the Rams are Super Bowl contender, but they're probably the only team to play the Ravens to the wire this year when you want to look at big matchups. Like they took the Ravens to the brink. So this team can clearly compete with the best. So I just think this matchup is just, it's of course we got the fun storylines, but you know, stylistically, you can't ask for anything better when it comes to football. Oh, bro, to add to your Rams point, in the NFC, bro, like I don't think there's a team that would strike more fear in any of the home field teams in the first round than the Rams. Um, I know, I know Dallas, I get that, but hey man. Jury's still out what's going to happen in January with them, right? Like, we just don't know. But but if you're talking about a healthy Stafford with McVay on, like, a fourth and two running a fake, you know, like, he's not afraid to do some wild shit. Now you got Puka. You got Demarcus Robinson that scored a touchdown, I think, in, like, five straight games. Like, when did that happen? They have 2-2 out well over the top. Cooper Cup, obviously, my boy, I'm a Puka-holic. Right, you got him got Williams in the backfield. How many fantasy teams has he's helped carry to the promised land as we head into fantasy football championship week? Like, this is a team with the pedigree between the head coach, the quarterback, and then some key pieces still being there. Like, you wouldn't want to play them, bro. They could play you in a shootout. They they're not afraid, right? Like you said, they're the only team to play the Ravens. To the wire, right? Like I, I thought they should have won that game, but you know that's that's a testament to Baltimore's perseverance all year and them winning that game in overtime the way they did. Um, I think hey, the Rams. So one point I know Browns fans, Colts fans, and Steelers fans are like, "Hey, we beat the Ravens." I get that. I'm just saying from a standpoint of like maybe the games that the Ravens won that because I think the Ravens have beat seven teams this year, but more than 14 points that were over 500. So I want to point out this was like the one Ravens game that was close that they won. But you know, I think we all know the Ravens are the best team. So that's why I wanted to mention that with the Rams. Because I think the Rams played incredibly well in Baltimore too. We know how intimidating it is to be in Baltimore. Yeah. And Baltimore at home is a is a fucking juggernaut, dude, especially with Lamar and, and Harbaugh. Not so much against the spread, but when it comes to just getting the hand raised at the end of the bell, they're they're a very dominant team at home. So to me, man, that's that's one playoff scenario that I love. I also want to see a rematch of, you know, it's not going to happen because of the seeding like early on, but you know, Dallas, Dallas, Philly, sign me up one more time. Them having to go into Philly potentially, which you know this division is still up for grabs. But if you look at just based on who everyone is playing, you kind of feel like Philly is going to win win that division with Philly playing the the Cardinals and then having to play the the Giants again you know, and as opposed to Dallas having the Lions and the Commanders. Um, those are some of the things that jump out to me. And then, you know, if the Seahawks happen to play the Lions, you're looking at Seattle beat them this year in Seattle, in, in Detroit. Um, I remember that was a Monday winner. I felt really good about that game because it, it kind of played into the talk of the town theory too. Lions coming off that monster win Thursday night football week one and then Seattle losing to the Rams, which, you know what, man, that, that loss don't look as bad, right? When 
we, we talk about this shit all the time. Like your team last year, I felt like had three wins. You're like, how the hell did they lose to the Falcons? Right. Like, and, and that, that happens every year, dude. And, and it, it's, it works on both sides of the coin, right? It's the WTF loss. Like what the fuck happened there? And the other ones are like, you know what? We dumped on them losing to them in, in September, but this team ended up going 10 and seven. So it's not as bad as a loss. For me, those are some of the playoff scenarios that I really, really like in the NFC. What about you? Is there one that jumps out to you? I I would like to see Seattle Philly again. I think that was a an enjoyable game. Just I know given the limitations with Drew Locke, but just seeing Drew Locke pull it out at the end, and I think Philly has a bigger chip on their shoulder now. Whatever reason, like Pete Carroll in those big games. You know, Pete Carroll with Seattle has only missed the playoffs twice in his tenure. Like. I know there's a lot of criticism for B. Carroll. I know some mind-numbing timeouts. I know he can be a bit conservative when it comes to his style. But Seattle, is just, they're efficient. And I think you put Seattle in that environment against Philly where they're not going to be intimidated one bit. Gino will be back there. He's a gunslinger. That offense is starting to fire on all cylinders. And both these defenses are very fragile as well. But for how shaky Philly is looking, you just know Seattle with those veterans, those big game players, I – Think that could be a fun one and that Philly environment, even though Boo Birds will come out very early, things aren't going right. It's still like playoffs in Philly are always intense. So I would like to see that matchup come together. I think right now the NFC remained the same. I don't want any new teams. And I'm saying someone that covers the Falcons. Falcons, please no. Get the Bucks in there. I think Bucks Cowboys could be cool. Like how hilarious it would be if Baker plays well and the people go on wow baker outplayed brady from last year you know that would be some goofy storyline and they'll salute the baker for what he's doing but i think these games right now as it is i would love for it to be the same because i think these are the seven best teams in the nfc bro that's how i was gonna end the nfc portion of this because i don't want to change anything seating i'm cool with the seating changing a little yeah. bit but th- yeah we uh, sorry atlanta sorry green bay like Green Bay, when you lost to Tommy Cutlets, the passing paisan, it was a GGs for you, bro. We couldn't have Minnesota that. Minnesota doesn't know who they're playing quarterback now. Like, yeah, through. yeah. The Saints, Saints are forty-five years old enough. Saints, I'm good on. Uh, I'm good on Alvin Kamara catching twelve passes a game for thirty-two yards. Even though in full PPR, he is my RB. Oh, it's great. It's it's fantastic. It's frustrating but fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm with you, bro. These are the matchups that I want to see. I think they're going to be super compelling. And I really do think that, look, I'm not saying the Rams are going to win the NFC, but I think whoever's going to play the Rams is going to be like, fuck, of all the teams, <laughs> why do we got to play them? And then McVay, Shannon, second round. Who wouldn't want to see that? And McShannon's has number for a long time, but let's not forget who won the last big one. Yeah. With, with the Rams, so you know, lowest seed will play the one seed, and you like to think the Rams would be that lowest seed, so that's another thing to keep in mind. As we pivot over to the AFC, what do you think of... Man, I I want this so bad, bro. I want this so bad as I was watching them play the Texans last week, and look, I know the Texans didn't have their quarterback, but Joe Flacco now is the second favorite for comeback player of the year. Um, It's a very weird market, to bet on Allen because you know Demar Hamlin has been the, the feel good story of the year the whole off season and you know I said the biggest lock in sports betting history was Demar Hamlin minus three hundred for comeback player of the year and it has been a quarterback award I think like five of the last six have gone to a quarterback 
And it's really interesting because like, what justifies to you, Alan, let me ask you. And um, I, cause I don't know the answer. What, what in your mind is a comeback player of the year? Either player come off a season ending injury that happened early or player just come off a bad year. Like uh, you want to see what the player does on the field something that's memorable, whether it was McCaffrey or Saquon or even like a Geno Smith last year, just a, a story of someone that didn't, Play much last year and that's coming back in a big way so that's why Flacco literally off his couch a month ago looking like the 15th best quarterback in the league I'm all for it Baker Mayfield is completely written off you want to get to him I'm all for it I know we have the DeMar Hamlin angle which everyone's understandable of but to me it's your Hamlin Mayfield or Flacco those are the main three yeah I think I think you could even put Tua in that conversation too he played like what 13 games last year yeah. I feel yeah, like this has right. more of like a redemption. And I don't like to totally phrase, but just someone that was not on the radar last year. Like Baker was literally on two different teams. Black was playing for the Jets. So, and then obviously with Hamlin's injury, kind of like with Alex Smith had the, the comeback. So, uh, I just think it has to be something that was someone just did not do much last year. Like now it's just their comeback story. No one expected it. Yeah, no, nah, I think you're right, man. Like, which leads me to why I even mentioned this because, dude, I was talking to Jack Settleman, who uh, runs Snapback Sports. He was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and he's a big Baltimore Ravens fan. And he's like, all my Ravens friends, myself included, there's nothing that strikes more fear to our hearts right now than the possibility of Joe Flacco going into MNT Bank Stadium. With the Browns, and just like you know, classic yolo ball to Amari Cooper, and just like the PI, right? We saw like because they saw themselves win a Super Bowl with the yo Jacoby Jones, right? That's who it was. Corey Smith is just somewhere roaming around. Yeah, like Anquan Bolden over like three DBs going to just take his fucking career out, like. We saw it happen. And, like, talk about storylines, right? Like, I won you a Super Bowl. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't flashy. Did I hold back the organization ever after I got paid? Then you draft Lamar. I get kicked out, which, like, happens to all the guys, right, at that point. Like, you kind of knew that Baltimore was going to find a successor. I mean, this is just, like... Villain versus heroes personified, bro. Like Cleveland, a team that has never been there. <laughs> like to have a guy that yeah. used to violate them on a regular basis. Now, like, dude, it's it's dope. And like, you know, Ravens fans are gonna be shook that week. Yeah, and look, the pressure's on Baltimore now. Yeah, they are that too. In the league, they are the favorite. This is kind of like 2019, and let's not forget how they faltered against Tennessee. So to me, at this point, they're Super Bowl or bust. And if they lose to a Cleveland team that has beaten them already, and then with Joe Flacco, it's just like, it's devastating. Like, well, I know the Ravens have had their injuries, but it's just, you cannot lose to a third division rival and when you're the one seed. Because they're going to be well-rested, too, uh, if everything comes. I think I forgot what the one seed scenario is, but given that, Miami has a lot on their plate. I think Baltimore should probably be the one seed going to it. So you get the extra week off, and you're facing a Browns team that is pretty diminished. Like, their all lines a mess. But I think one thing 
that you have to keep in mind because when it comes to the offensive line, the Ravens, like they were rotating tackles against the 49ers. And the last team you want to be doing rotations with on the offensive line is against the Browns. I don't need Ronnie Stanley, who I feel like suffers a new injury every week going against Miles Garrett. That could be hugely problematic. So there's a lot of different moving parts to this, but I feel the Browns, you're obviously savoring every bit of it, while the Ravens, I think you are kind of dreading it because I think there are a lot more favorable matchups in the AFC. As great as the AFC is, I think the Browns are a team that most teams would like to avoid, especially given their O-line issues, the Ravens. I mean, to add more to that, it's a division rival. They know one another really well. So you factor in the matchup. You factor in how familiar both teams are with one another. Then with these injuries, like you don't want to have that against that front. And a guy like Miles Garrett, who at the moment he's tied with Micah Parsons for defensive player of the year odds, both of them at about minus 110 respect, respectfully. Um, look, man, I think – I think that's something that will be pretty, pretty whack. Like, and and look, also, you might have a double whammy with Miami and Buffalo playing each other back to back weeks. That's definitely a possibility too. Uh, this is why I don't think it will be the case because okay. the Bills are the good probably gonna be the sixth seed and the Browns will probably be the fifth seed. So if both of them win their games, lowest seed plays the one seed. So I think we could very much see Bills, Ravens in the divisional round leaving what the Browns playing by the Dolphins. Oh divisional sure but I'm talking about like wild card bro like oh if... wild card okay I, wouldn't you say the Bills are probably gonna be the sixth seed I mean they're playing the Patriots this week. I, I know they've seen this like five teams fighting for grabs but I feel like the Bills got pretty good leverage right now. Uh yeah on the head. Yeah and I like it lose I... to Miami week 18. And I was talking and I was talking to Kenny also before and I was saying how, you know, as, as someone that's invested in the Buffalo futures a couple of weeks ago, I like that they barely got by the Chargers because they saw that if they fuck around, they're going to find out, right? They're going to be in trouble if that does happen. And, you know, every team needs one of those, ah, we should steamroll. And like, nah, man, you're going to be in a, you're going to need a game winning drive at the end to, to, to pull away and to get a W. And then this week, you have a triple revenge spot. They beat you earlier in the year. They are a division rival. And also, you, you you can't afford to lose because you are in a playoff race. And then the week after, you're playing Miami. It's potentially for the division. So I like the spot that Buffalo is in. Um, I just want to see – I like when teams play each other for a third time. Because I think it's it's really hard for you to beat a team three times in a row. And I also think, like, dude, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl in 07, the Cowboys beat them twice in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, the Giants got the upper hand there. Um, so, like, and of course, you know, it's been it's been rough for the boys. So anytime I can flash back 16 years, I'm going to do it. You got to do it, bro. Yeah. I do want to highlight the 60 because I think the 60 is going to play a big factor in AFC because, to me, the Chiefs are done. I am completely running off the Chiefs. Whoa. I think they're as lackluster as it gets at this point. I don't trust anything they're doing offensively. As good as I think they are defensively, and I don't doubt that coach says, especially playoffs bags, they just – you need the firepower. You need the personnel. They don't have it at this point. And most likely they'll play either Buffalo or if Miami drops off Miami. So you either get Mahomes out in the first round or you're getting Tyreek on Arrowhead. And Tyreek was pissed that the game was German Germany. So oh now you want some real storylines. If the Dolphins drop to – because I think they can't go to a seven. I think six would be 
uh, hopefully, depending on what the Browns do. But the, it, we could very much see a Dolphins be a five seed, a six seed, and they will probably play the Chiefs in the first round. So I think the Chiefs are in trouble regardless of who wins the AFC East because obviously we know one of those teams are going to win the AFC East and then whoever drops out is going to be a wild card. So that's going to be just pure bananas. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want Buffalo to win the division. And I want Miami to go into Arrowhead. That's what I want, bro. Oh, my God. That's going to be the piece. He's going to throw up the piece to the crowd. He's going to throw up the piece to the DBs. Oof. I love it. That got me That got me excited. But I didn't even think about that because, look, I've been talking about revenge games all this time. And I've just been talking about the quarterbacks. But, man, Tyreek, like, look, man, they ended up winning a Super Bowl without him. But – he is missed. <laughs> he it's is. gonna be a long off season, Kansas City. They have to do some serious assessment because they have completely misevaluated one most important position. So, yeah, that's not you in mind. I do want to ask you because we are glossing over the four seed. Who do you want to see win the AFC South? I think there's one obvious team, but I'm curious where your mind's at. I'm kind of fed up with the Jaguars, honestly. Same. Um, like, dude, you have you. Another thing I talked about with Kenny from a betting standpoint, like, because he likes he likes the Jaguars to bounce back this week, and I would hope so. Yeah, they're playing Carolina, right? But like, if you're Carolina, dude, you don't have an incentive to tank because you don't got your draft pick. And and then if you're Jacksonville, like, this is a get right spot for you, right? You have beaten up on pretty bad teams. You've struggled against the elites in your conference or just in general, like. You got spanked by the Ravens, the Chiefs. Well, not you didn't really get spanked by the Chiefs, but it was a one-score game. But the, the Chiefs were never in jeopardy of losing that game. And then you got routed by the Niners, which maybe I had something to do with it because I was like, yo, how come no one takes takes Jacksonville seriously? I lost my four touchdowns. So maybe that's why. But, dude, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence, is he hurt? Like, I, I hope he's hurt just to justify how bad he's been playing, right? Like, I don't wish injury on anyone, but, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, this guy should have taken that leap into the upper echelon of quarterbacks this year. And I, I think he's kind of, like, borderline 10, you know? Like, maybe he's 9, maybe he's 12. Like, I think he's in that ballpark if I'm ranking quarterbacks off the top of my head. So, to me, dude, I'm kind of just, like, I think it'd be dope to see the Colts. Right, Over no Texas. Yeah, only because I don't know what to make of C.J. Stroud coming back. Um, I think, I think the Texans. If I knew C.J. was coming back and he was going to be the C.J. of October, early November, and then no Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell has been a big absence for them um, okay. because he just seemed to have immediate chemistry with him and Nico Collins, and even you know like Noah Brown becoming a guy that could start in your fantasy team and they're in the playoffs and whatnot. Well, uh, prior to that, when CJ was there, but I think the Colts, I think the Colts would be dope. Cause like Gardner Minshew, right. New head coach don't really have a, a super duper star on their team. Kind of getting like, even Jonathan Taylor has kind of regressed a little bit. Um, Zach Moss has been a very good feat, not feature back, but like 50, 50 backfield for the most part. Um, I think the Colts would be a cool story. And, and like, you know, I think he should be in the running for, you know, Steichen should be in the running for, like, coach of the year for what he's done. Oh, yeah. 
one of the one of the best coach teams in the league. Like I love yeah. everything Shane Steichen's doing. Like they're getting to so much at the pretty limited offense. Like they don't have a lot much on the skill position players. Like they don't have much juice yet. It seems like they're averaging between twenty and thirty points every week. Uh, I I hear Stroud. They're optimistic he's gonna play this week. So look, if CJ Stroud's on the field, man, Houston get in there. To me, he's must see. And you know, Will Anderson. Hopefully, he gets healthy and Stingley. They start utilizing better. Because for whatever reason, they didn't have Stingley track Amari. And it's just like, you're seeing Amari, what he's doing to your secondary. Like, how do you not have him shadowing the the opposing number one receiver? So, hope, and look, I love D'Amico Ryans. I think they're a well-coached team. But I don't know what went wrong there when it came to the schematics. But I, I, I'm i going to go with Houston. But, look, Indy's a cool story. And I think Jacksonville needs a huge, just kind of like Kansas City. They have a big offseason ahead of them. I think they got a really – self-reflect on what has gone wrong because they have no running in to speak of defense has kind of been the two relying on like one or two players it's just everything's just way too much on the passing game right now and you're seeing and i think though pierce is starting to feel the pressure as well so i'm hoping Houston pulls it out dude listen there is nothing that fires me up more than what you just said now about what the hell were the texans doing like, how many more catches did Amari Cooper need before you were like, hey, man, maybe we should just put our number one corner on him? <laughs> like, you have Stingley. You have that top three picking him. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, teams do this all the time. It's like, how many, like, in any sport, bro, in any sport that is, like, matchup-based, right? Like, yeah. guard on guard, center on center, wide receiver versus DB, linebacker versus tight end. It's like, dude, how many catches does this guy have to get? effortlessly, you know, there were some great throws by Flacco, too. Yeah, some, there, there, there were some YOLO bombs. There. Yeah, there were some YOLO bombs, the Flacco special. But how many of those plays, Alan, do you have to give up before you're just like, hey, man, you know what we should do? Let's put our number one corner, top three pick on him. And if he continues to just have a day, so be it. But, dude, you see it a lot, like, they're not really that many shut down, legit, follow you outside, opposite side, inside corners in the league. I think there's like three of them. I think Sauce is one of them. Uh, even though he's not having an amazing year, Sertain in, in Denver, he he follows. And you know what, dude? I'd rather that. Like, I'd rather my corner, especially if I'm going to give him like top dollar one day, like I want you to be able to go anywhere. Like that's what made Darrell Revis so special, dude. He was in the slot. He was on Gronk, right? He didn't care. He was everywhere. So, and like Rex Ryan and then we're like, yo, if this guy starts, if it just so happens to be a Wes Walker day, well, we're putting Revis on Walker. Like we're just going to get that shit clipped, right? So I don't know that fires me up, man, because I see that shit happen all the time. And look, sometimes the wide receiver is just that good too. Where like the wide receiver, like you throw you throw sauce on Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is gonna get his too. So like it just it just strikes a nerve in me when I see teams not putting the number one corner on the number one wide receiver that's just frying them all day. You're just putting yourself at a disadvantage and you're allowing the other offense to just get easy yards. It's yeah, we, we could dedicate a whole show to this and, and bring up scenarios. Like, dude, I remember one night, I'll never forget this game because I had Keenan Allen in, in the fantasy. Um, sorry, I was going up against Keenan Allen in the fantasy. Remember when they played the Steelers on Sunday night football that one year with Phillip Rivers? And he caught like no joke, I think 19 passes. 
Yeah, because it was a slot like 80% of the time. Bro, 16 of them were like five-yard outs out the slot. And it was like Lawrence Timmons was guarding him and shit. Like, like, dude, what do we we know where it's what's happening? It's like Tomlin, you're <sighs> great. What is going on? Like, I just think it's arrogance, stubbornness. It's just you have to make adjustments. You can't make in-game adjustments. You're gonna get called out. And you can pay the price. So yeah, especially I, I want to ask you last one was uh the seventh seed. Because look, the AFC is filled with teams and it's it's not the best collection now, as you expect with seven seeds, just given the injuries. But I'm curious, who was the last team you would, would you like to see in the playoffs? Because we assume Cleveland and either Buffalo or Miami will be the two wild card teams. Yeah, and look, I would rather see the Colts as division winners and the Jaguars out the playoffs. But based on what we're saying here, as the Colts are the seven seed at the moment, Feel-good story would be the Texans because of the rookie and the rebuild, the new culture over there. Kind of, am I crazy to say Cincinnati? That's my pick. And their defense is atrocious. They should be ashamed of what they did against Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. like They just completely misevaluated their secondary. But that offense, if they get chased back, they're still putting up points. And wherever Pittsburgh has the number, but I – they're so resilient. Like, you watch that Vikings game, and T. Higgins, that catch. Like, how do you not get goosebumps watching that? I love the addition of Chase Brown, too. So, yeah, I'm pulling for Cincinnati. I want them to see you get it. And but that defense is bad, but they're going to make it interesting. Yeah, and, and look, Jake Browning, this is terrible timing to be talking about this because he had such a poor game on Saturday when they played the Steelers. But, again, I'm going to credit that to in division, no Chase being there. If they're all healthy, bro, he's still got Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, Chase Brown, Jamar Chase. Like, you still have weapons. Like, that's not a bad situation to stumble into if you're a backup quarterback. So, that would be my pick. You seem to agree also. It's going to be fun, man, because also we're going to have some fresh blood in the in the playoffs from both sides. You know, um, some old blood coming back in like a Rams um, and then even in the in the AFC, like, be dope to see the Colts in there. This new iteration of the Colts, and to see Miami healthy in the playoffs, right? Let's not forget they made the playoffs last year, but Tua didn't play that game. It was Thompson who played in, in Buffalo, and Buffalo barely snuck by. So that's what I'm looking at, and I feel like it segues perfectly into the two games I definitely want to discuss before we wrap up. Just stay with the AFC, Ravens, Miami. <clears throat> um, loser leaves town match for the one seed and um, even though Baltimore is still better suited to be the one seed even if they do drop this game because you got to figure Miami is playing Buffalo after that's a way tougher game than what the Ravens have which they end with the Steelers so and that's at home so they get back to back games at home does Baltimore um Lead us off, man. How do you feel about this game? What are you looking at? Oh, man, what a chess match because I think Miami's look at their electrifying offense league, incredibly well coached. But then you're going against Mike McDonald, who wants to have a hot coordinator. So other than Ben Johnson, he's got to be right up there. So I'm very fascinated to see what happens between you know how Tua handled because we saw how overwhelmed Purdy got. You know, how is Tua going to handle the pressure here and the exotic looks because. You know, Miami's the king at using motion. Like, they love pre-snap motion, but no team's better at 
uh, post-snap movement than the Ravens. Like they will put coverage of guys out there. They'll blitz, you know, double corner blitz with Humphrey and Brand Stevens. Like they just know how to rattle quarterbacks. And that's why Purdy was so overwhelmed on Monday night. And Tua does have a tendency of freaking out when he sees on the pressure. So, and now Jail Wall is going to be out with a high ankle sprain. I think Cedric Wilson has been a good contributor and they have moving pieces, but I think this is a game where Miami's not going to run the ball as because I don't know if you want to drop him back 35 times against this Ravens. Not just pressure, but they're secondary. To me, they have the deepest secondary. I know Kyle Hamilton's injured, but still, like their secondary is filled with ball hawks. So they could, they got to play from in front. They got to avoid their longs. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day. Miami kind of has to play that Canadian football where, you know, if they have to keep it under 10 third downs. Sometimes. I mean, dude, let's not forget this was. Uh a game last year which featured one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history um, down 28 in the fourth quarter and Miami came back, right? Like, again, you don't want to get into a track meet with, with the Miami Dolphins. Um, and, yo, truthfully, bro, that that motion play that they do, like, I'm – Miami is – yards. Yeah, and, dude, I'm shocked when I see the Miami punter. Like I know, I know their offense. Like through the seven weeks, was like on pace to be the greatest offense ever. Mm-hmm. Um, also, overinflated with that seventy-point game that they had against Denver. But like, <clears throat> they're entering that territory where like third and nine, I think they'll get it. Like I think, I think they can convert any scenario against anybody. And when the worst thing you could do is be in like second and threes against them, you know third and ones because they'll they'll do a lot of funky shit they're not going to go to get three yards they're going to get 33 yards on the play call so this is going to be fun man this is an absolute bar fight right let's see if this talk of the town theory applies to baltimore right lamar mvp now he's the favorite baltimore is the team to beat in the afc Baltimore now at home playing Miami, coming off a big win too. Their first win over a team above 500 all year. It's going to be fun. And and this could be a conference championship preview with how shaky everything else looks in the AFC. So to me, the another DB I definitely wanted you to to mention is Stone. Yeah, Stone, yeah. Baltimore, like he got a bunch of interceptions too. But, you know, that's, that's their makeup, man. Like Baltimore, they, they've kind of – they're way better offensively now than they've ever been, like during the Ray Lewis era. But when you think of the Baltimore Ravens, they're one of those teams that are like ball hawking DBs and great linebackers. And what do they have now? Ball hawking DBs, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith at linebacker, best duo in the league. So, and now they have an offense to like be able to put up a 30 spot if needed. So, and you saw what happens, man, when they jump out to a lead. That defense can pin their ears back and just rush. Oh, it looks like how it did on Monday Night Football. And this matchup against Miami is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, Game of the week for sure, especially in the AFC. And it's cool because there's a lot of playoff implications on this one. How about Miami's defense? I feel like we should acknowledge them. I know they've kind of beaten up on some bad quarterbacks, but I thought that was a statement performance against Dallas. Uh, I think they knocked down Dak 16 times. There's a stat on like 10 third downs. They hit him eight times. Like they're getting after. I know Dallas was missing Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, but still like 
it was rough early on for Miami's defense. But ever since they got Ramsey back, now Bradley Chubb's playing like the player we all envisioned to be. Ah, oh, man, what do you make of Miami's defense? I think this could be a unit that they could rely on to you know, push them to win the Super Bowl. I do think Miami's a Super Bowl contender. I mean, dude, you are absolutely right. It's it's the reason why they did what they did to bring Ramsey in. Because you look at the landscape of the AFC, you had to go up against, at some point, a stud wide receiver or a stud offensive playmaker. Whether it was Kelsey, whether it was a Mark Andrews or an Odell, um, a Diggs, right? Jamar Chase. Remember at the time when we were looking at the landscape, so. I like it, and you're right. They they seem to be the unsung hero because all the attention goes to the offense, and rightfully so, right? Like, McDaniel is becoming everybody's favorite coach. Like, he wears off-whites on the sidelines. He's telling his younger players, like, yo, you don't know about the drip? You know, I'm a sneaker addict, so I love the sneakers, and he's just, like, dope, you know? Like, the way he approaches his interviews, he takes all accountability on himself, but he'll also point out issues to the players publicly too and based on if you're watching any of the hard knock stuff he's pulling them aside and be like hey man Allen, you didn't play well last week bro i'm gonna need more from you because you're and the way he'll approach it is like hey man you didn't play well last week but if we want to get to where we want to get to we're gonna need you bro you're a big part of this team you're the you're a big reason why we're successful so he's like backhanded compliment personified right like i'm a big backhanded compliment guy sometimes myself like i want to get the best out of my people Sometimes you got to shit on them a little bit to get that. You know, that's how that's how I want to be treated too. You know, praise me, praise me, then slander me. That's how I like living a little bit. And I think this, I think this team, because of all the attention that goes on the offense, you're right. Bradley Chubb, um, Wilkins in the yes, middle. Uh, Zach right? Siler, like that, that 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 D line gets after that. I thought losing Jalen Phillips is gonna have a big impact, but he's still a great player. But they they're moving on and. Van Ginkle's like the unsung hero too. How how fun is he to watch? Yeah, he seems to always be by the ball. And and look, they're they're pretty good in the secondary. I think the matchups, the matchups are great. Secondary wide receiver for both teams. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. I'm leaning towards Baltimore getting there, getting the win though. Yeah. The unfortunate thing with Miami is and it's been going on since August. They're just not 100 percent healthy. Like this wall's gonna be out. Javon Holland, I think, is out. They have missing two of their offensive line stars. Like, I'm hoping by January we, we're seeing a full strength Miami team as much as possible. Because I feel like every week they're dealing with at least two or three key injuries. But credit to them, man. They're they're moving towards it and they just know how to play uh not backhanded, but they just know how to handle adversity. Because like they're all on so beat up right now. The fact that they only allowed one sack against Dallas shows that McDaniel's just operating, you know, he's play calling as best as he can, you know, getting the ball out to the pursuers. So that said though, that's, the Ravens are jumping out right now. You can't go against the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is another marquee game, man, where I, I think they would feature they would feature Lamar once again. Um to all right, now you've captured the momentum. The MVP is yours to lose. We're not gonna have this be a Gus Edwards Justice Hill game. Like now nah, we're gonna have you go out there and throw a couple of touchdowns. And really lock this shit down in another marquee game, right? Like, this is the game of the week. This is the best game on Sunday. One o'clock, too, which is very <clears throat> rare. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm leaning, I'm leaning and going with the Baltimore Ravens. And then flip side, let's go to the other conference. I'm all in on Dallas this week, bro. Really? 
Yeah, so here's the thing, right? At home, at home, jug might be might be the most dominant home team in the NFL. They're averaging 42 points per game at home. In Jerry World, offense plays really well, defense plays really well, special teams plays really well. <clears throat> On the road, nightmare. Dallas is coming off back-to-back -back losses on the road versus AFC East opponents. Now they're coming home against a team that just celebrated something they haven't done in 30 years. I think this is a classic, classic get-right, let-down spot scenario. I think Detroit goes in there, uh, kind of hungover from winning the division, coaches crying, uh, Jared Goff is emotional in the post-game, and and look, man, these guys went through like 0-10 starts. And I really love that video that's been going viral this week of Kirk Cousins saying, hey, man, like, you're a gritty bastard. He didn't say that, but that's like what he was saying. Like, dude, you know, man, you came here, you went 0-10. You saw your other team win a Super Bowl without you. And the perseverance now, you found a home in Detroit. And I think Detroit is, they're going to pay this dude too moving forward. Like, he's he's their guy. And they're building the team around him. And they're staying indoors. And I think that this game, it's just going to be a letdown spot. I think the matchups favor the Dallas Cowboys, especially their offense versus the Detroit defense. And I think them being at home, this is going to be another, this is going to be a shootout. And I think Dallas pulls away. Really concerned about Dallas's defense. And in this type of matchup where you know Detroit's going to run the ball and you know Detroit full strength is going to probably have their way. Dallas is missing Jonathan Hankins right now, big time. Uh, he has a high ankle sprain. I don't think he'll be back. So without him, and they're just kind of light. Like one of the scariest things this year was like the James Cook game. Only on the 25 carries he had, only once did they touch him at the line of scrimmage. I think he averaged like 4.8 yards before contact. Like he was getting to the second level without anyone he touched. And you look at this short offensive line and now with Frank Ragnall healthy and with Montgomery and look. People want to talk about first-round value for running backs. Jameer Gibbs is just explosive threat. I don't think you give him the ball, he's making things happen. In a league where offenses are stagnating right now and it's becoming so hard to produce explosive plays, to have a weapon like him is so valuable. And, and with a play caller like a Ben Johnson. We know about St. Brown. We know about Laporta. But it's just, wow, Jameer Gibbs is at a whole other dimension. And you just look at that running game. I just don't see how Detroit doesn't score at least 24 points, if not 30 points. That's why I don't think this is a necessarily a huge letdown. I think they're going to be very competitive. It's just a matter of golf because at some point, Dallas will get pressure. They are going to amp up the pressure. And can golf handle those third and longs? Can he play on the road? Because I do think golf has always been kind of a front-running quarterback. As Graves play close, he's been with Woods McVay or now Ben Johnson. He can get a little bit rattled. But – I'm concerned about this Dallas defense. I just they look very fragile right now. And I think Detroit's offense is just, they're growing. Like we talk about Gibbs, but also Jameson Williams. People forgot about him. Jameson Williams is now getting comfortability in NFL. So it's just the map playmakers they have with that O line. I think the lines are right here. They're gonna be they're gonna compete neck and neck. I don't think this is I think they're right for the spot. Well, something that definitely needs to be mentioned also is that this game is indoors. 
And as someone that doesn't trust the Lions outdoors, we've seen them struggle. Oh, they lost to the Bears a couple weeks ago, bro. And this offense, all this high-powered offense and five touchdowns from Jared Goff, when they go outdoors, that's why if they were the one seed, I'd have a different conversation and respect for Detroit moving forward. And you know what? They could still potentially get the one seed. It's not out of... I think getting the two seed is really important because they would avoid Philly then in the second round. They could go to Detroit. So that's why I think they're laser-focused right now. They were trying to win as many games as possible. And it, if you watch, like, the Lions games like against the Broncos and a couple of other home games, like, that crowd gets rowdy. Like, I know people look at Detroit as, like, an intense environment, but, look, if they start building up playoff success, I think Detroit will be one of the more intimidating places to go to. It's just... They haven't been they haven't won division 30 years, but that fan base gets rowdy. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think you're right, man. Like Dallas's defense is teetering a little bit. And because of the controlled environment for Detroit, this is gonna feel offensively like a Detroit Lions home game. Um, they're not gonna need to worry about spiraling wind conditions out the southwest end in the end zone. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, they'll be fine, bro. They're gonna be cool. And look, I just think that it's it's one team celebrating a mega, mega high that they haven't had happen in a very long time, going up against a team coming off back-to-back losses who still has a chance at the division. This isn't like Dallas is, even though it's favored for them to be the 5C, there's still an outside possibility. Hell, the Cardinals beat them, right? So, like, the Cardinals could get a win over the Eagles, uh, you know, head coach revenge narrative. You never know, bro. You never know. Um, I don't like how Philly's been looking the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans don't. So I think this is a really cool game. I like that the, the Cowboys-Lions and the Ravens and Dolphins game both have a lot on the line, and the matchups are so favorable for both teams. Like, both teams are like, yo, our offense might be able to put 30 up. And then on the flip side, my offense might be able to put 30 up. And then defensively, like, there's not a matchup that you really like for either team. So I'm really fascinated by this. I think it's going to be a bar fight. But I'm going to lean with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This is a real 50-50 for me, but I'm going to go with Dallas as much as I'm talking about Detroit. Two reasons. One, Detroit's defense, they just don't have much to offer. And I think Dak's going to be – comfortable in that environment. The one thing you can say about Dallas right now, even on this losing skit, I think Dak's been fine. Uh, I don't see any issue with Dak. I think it's just defense is starting to teeter, and they just don't have much of a power running game. Like Crazy enough to say this, they miss Zeke right now. Especially looking in the red zone. Like I know that Tony Pollard play is going viral, but just in general, like they're relying on the fullback to convert on third and short. Like I think them not getting a real power back, whether through a draft or a veteran, I think it's something that's kind of affecting the offense right now. But to me, that passing game is going to be firing all cylinders against this very vulnerable line secondary. So the reason why I'm going Cowboys is purely because of the Dallas passing game. And I'm just going to bet on Michael Parsons making a play or two and maybe Deron Bland picking off golf points. Like Dallas has enough star power defensive where they can make enough stops to win it. But, you know, I could easily see this going like 42-38. That's the best type of game. Yeah, this, this scream shootout and uh attract me so definitely taking a bunch of overs in this game and uh i think it's gonna be fun but i think the cowboys prevail and it can happen again the playoffs depending on the seeds you know don't rule it out Both yeah. these teams win in the first round who knows
going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. It sucks that, like, this was supposed to be Chiefs Bengals, too, bro. I mean, it's happening, but, like, to just yeah. think of, you know, one team loses their stud quarterback, we don't even care about mentioning them, even though we both think that them making the playoffs would be the most compelling and exciting. But, like, dude, this was supposed to be Mahomes Burrow again and just, ah. Uh, just sucks. Injuries suck, and then the lack of production from the Chiefs offensively just makes this game just be an afterthought. You know, like both of these teams have playoff ramifications too, but it's just not even a, it's not even a idea to like, you know, Allen. I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Sometimes I'll send Allen games that I want to highlight, and I'll be like, dude, how the hell are we forgetting this game? Or like, why are we talking about this game? And like this week, it was like not a mentioning of any other game, because like. And especially just, you know, because I'm, you know, I have this schedule here. If you guys, I've been looking at my phone. If you guys see me watching this on YouTube, I'm looking down and just looking at matchups. And it just upset me now, bro, because, you know, this was the AFC title game back to back years. And now it's definitely not going to be the AFC title game. So, yeah, just unfortunate. But that's. Right now. Like, you watch the Chiefs. Like, when have you enjoyed watching the Chiefs the past month and a half? Like, they're just very hard to watch. Yeah, the whole, you know, like, I bet them live at halftime. Didn't come through. Bet them live at halftime, uh, another game. Didn't come through. Like, this team is just not – and I think it's a really important lesson just across the board, whether it's sports or just, like, life in general. Like, first impressions are lasting impressions. The amount of money that sports books lost early on in the Mahomes-Andy Reid era – of, yo, they're down at halftime or they're down 10 points, live bet them. It altered the betting lines, dude. Like, it altered the betting lines. And they did that, like, four or five times a year. They'd be down a half. They're down 14 in the first quarter. And people are like, ah, oh, auto bet every time. You know, they actually did that this year against the Raiders in Vegas. They're down 14, and then they ended up covering the nine and a half points anyway. But then... Couple weeks later, they play in Kansas City, and it's just not the same thing. So, yeah, just wanted to mention that before we wrap up. I have one final question for you, and it's a team that's actually still in playoff time. We didn't mention, but are you adopting the Raiders as your second team with future head coach Antonio Pierce? I don't know, man. I look. I have a problem when your quarterback don't get over two hundred yards passing. I know it's about getting the W. I get it. But it just don't sit right with me, bro. Man, establish the run. <laughs> I feel for Devontae. Guy got in a lot of cardio in on Christmas. Bro, let me tell you this. He's not going to win the award, but Max Crosby is unbelievable to watch. Like, shouts to Max Crosby, one of Blue Wire's very own. Um, but that guy is like... You know when they do the draft reports and the like high motor guy plays yeah. to the whistle? <laughs> that's Max Crosby. He personified, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that's he, legit. If he has to leave the field, it's an insult to him. Like this guy refuses to leave the field in an era where so many edge rushers, you know, take certain snaps off. He will not leave the field. He is the ultimate throwback. Yeah, he's he's a nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties defensive end, um, and yeah, he just causes havoc. But to answer your question, man, like. <clears throat> probably if the Raiders were a lot better, I would definitely get involved just because, like, living out here, too. And, you know, I mentioned this in the past, how my uncle's a big Raiders fan. 
right? Like, I have some family members that are Raiders fans. But, like, you know, for, for me, it's just the Giants and then whatever other team I bet on to – Right. Like now, now I'm with the Bills, baby. The seven one six old Dirt McGirt is back. <laughs> but like you see, Antonio Pierce doing his thing. It, it's kind of heartwarming, though, right? Because like he came off pretty much out of nowhere. Like I did not really know he was a head coach. Oh, he was coaching anywhere. And now look at him. He's really springing life to a franchise that looks to be in complete disarray. Bro, the coolest thing was the coolest thing was the exchange. My laptop was about to die. That's why I had to. Make the adjustment on the fly. The coolest thing, once again, referencing that New York Giants team from 07, when him and Spags embraced. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, oh, man, good times. Yo, Antonio Pierce, the greatest defensive play I've ever seen in my life for my favorite team. The screen on third and eight before halftime, two offensive linemen on him, swims around, tackles Ryan Grant. Oh, Go. They gotta be your second team if they, they get a quarterback. If they get a quarterback this offseason, which I would, they definitely gotta do. Who knows? But they're still in the playoff hunt. Like, yeah, dude, they can still the win. Yo, they can still win the division. How crazy is that? Oh god! If they win out and the Chiefs lose out, if the Chiefs lose to the Chargers, <clears throat> burn it all down. Yo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, burn they lose to the ground. All right, man, let's wrap this up. Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, this is the last episode of 2023. Career high and downloads for the show. Shout out to Alan for joining us often during the football season and even in the off season. Having him come out here back in April was uh, really, really dope. Um, Alan, you know what it is, man. I tell you this all the time, but I appreciate you. I appreciate the time and the effort you put into the show. I appreciate everybody for listening. November and December... We've eclipsed 100,000 downloads in those two months, which we got 100,000 downloads last year um, in 2022. So, like, we got that in the last two months. And, you know, it means a lot, man. And I, I've said this so many times, and I've always felt like the people that listen to this show and listen to this content, you guys are my boss. Um because every opportunity I've gotten has been because of you guys listening. So please continue to listen. Continue to share. It's the best cosign. More and more people sharing the pod. It goes a long way. Um, yeah, I've always felt like the best endorsement is word to mouth from like a friend of mine. So at Veterans Minimum, you can find everything. At Nick Day is tenders. You can find me. Alan, the floor is yours. Alan Stark, A-L-L-E-N, S-T-R-K. And definitely proud to be a part of this and proud of you for just continuing to evolve and elevate yourself. And hey, January is one of the busiest times of year. This is where you shine. So it's only going to grow from January. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. And to everybody else, happy new year. Healthy new year. Uh, make sure to strap up. It gets crazy. And by strap up, I mean condoms. Be careful out there. See you guys next year. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat a venison. Dab. The most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.